Welcome back to Teacher's Lounge. We're a podcast from WNIJ where we tell the stories of education through conversations with local educators. I'm your host, Peter Medlin. New episodes pop up on the payday schedule, so every other Friday, wherever you get podcasts. And we want to remind you that you can also nominate educators who you think should be on the show and make topic suggestions by emailing the show at teacherslounge at niu.edu. This week, the science behind brewing with our guest, DeKalb High School biology teacher Steve Byers. He's also the owner and brewmaster of the new Byers Brewing Company in downtown DeKalb. Me and Steve talked about how he started brewing in the first place in college when he was trying to recreate his favorite discontinued beers with his now wife. We really liked craft beer, but we're broke college kids, so we could make it for cheaper than we could buy it. We also discuss how he manages to run a small business while being a full-time teacher. Oh, and he also has a new baby on top of that. That's later on, but right now, let's do the show. So, random question. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the letters FFA? A lot of people, including a small-town Midwestern kid like me, probably think of the group Future Farmers of America. Maybe you can picture those navy blue corduroy jackets. But I actually didn't realize until working on this next story that the National FFA organization stopped going by Future Farmers of America in the late 80s. That's still what the letters technically stand for, but they changed it to reflect the diversity of students and range of fields no pun intended, that agriculture education can cover. But that misperception still exists today. Just ask the Northern Illinois FFA group I got to visit a few weeks back. Their chapter is ranked in the top 10 in the country and headed to their national conference. In fact, by the time this episode goes up, they'll already be there. But at home, they're also trying to make people rethink what the organization is and who it's for. It's late afternoon, and the sun is setting over the fields next to Central High School in Burlington. Inside, four students stand at the front of the classroom. Their advisor hits the stopwatch on his phone, and they launch into their presentation. And today, we're excited to tell you about the story of the They've been working on this since before school started. Each story builds upon one another and began to further define us as a chapter. Oh, that's my ending part. There are still a few kinks to work out, but in only a few weeks, they'll don their famous blue corduroy jackets and give this presentation on stage in an auditorium at the FFA National Convention. They're nominated for the Model of Excellence Award. That means they're in the top 10 of more than 8,000 chapters in the country. Sophomore Sophia Battaglia is one of those students. It's like mood swings pretty much where it's like that's awesome going to national conventions like i'm going to national convention (laughs) like i don't know my part yet and we only have this many days that's why these students like junior eric metz are here on a thursday night yeah i don't think i've ever studied for something so hard yeah (laughs) i don't study the presentation must be 15 minutes, and it covers all of the events and community service the chapter worked on over the past year. And it helps that Central's chapter is growing. So says one of their advisors, Buddy Haas. So we did have 158 students in the program, and then this year for the 2019-2020, we're right around 220 kids in the chapter uh, in the program. And Central is right outside of the Chicago suburbs. But Haas says growth is not just happening in the suburbs and in rural communities. Seeing the growth of just urban students and urban high schools getting ag programs and FFA is, uh, is really interesting. And so it's, it's helping kind of shift the, the dynamic of what ag education and FFA is. 
That's important to the students. When asked about misconceptions people have about FFA, the group erupts. Literally today. Eric pounds on the table. Oh, he's, he's missing Halloween for his farmer's convention. I'm like, all right, FFA is more than just farming. It, broads <laughs> yeah. into, it, it, it goes into everything agriculture related. It's not just farmer convention. Eric's dad is a farmer, but that's not the case for most people in this chapter or in FFA in general. According to the Illinois State Association FFA, only about 10% of members come from farming families. He even asks one of his fellow FFA officers, Junior Amy Hernandez. Have you ever been on a farm? No. <laughs> no. Like, you don't have I've to be. I've That's never a grown a plant. Can't keep up I've a I've tried and it dies within <laughs> like two weeks. So, I mean... Yeah, but that's definitely a big misconception. Aside from the misconceptions, the students spoke about the opportunities FFA has given them. It's those opportunities that got their advisor, Buddy Haas, into teaching. He actually wasn't a part of FFA in high school because they didn't have a program. Really, FFA is the reason why I became a high school ag teacher. And, and the cool part with the regional program we have set up now is that uh, I have the opportunity, hopefully in the future, to even teach kids from my alma mater through District 303 uh, when they start joining our program here in the next couple of years. And Haas understands many students come into ag classes skeptical, and he has to try to win them over. Some of those skeptical students are even officers now. That includes Ashley Walker. I tried to get out of intro to ag and go into another science class, and I couldn't change it, and it was God's plan. It helps that a lot of social issues and careers dovetail into agriculture. Major laws like hemp production to global issues like climate change all have roots in ag. Tell the students a lot by 2015 of the world's demand for food is going to double and we got to figure out how we can feed that world. Uh, and so having an ag class, you know, I tell them, I say it's, you know, it's, it's not just about farming. It's about if you like wearing clothes, if you like eating, like going places, that, that's, that's ag. <laughs> The group is going to the national convention at the end of October. The chapter has never been in the top 10 before, and by the time they leave, they could be number one in the nation. Now here is the news roundup to catch you up on some things you might have missed. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is throwing his support behind a bill that would allow college athletes in Illinois to make money from endorsement deals. If it passes during the current veto session, that would make Illinois the second state with California to pass such a plan. And the NCAA announced on Tuesday it's starting the process to change rules to let athletes profit from their name and their likeness. Here at Teacher's Lounge, we're going to continue following this story, so look out for that in the coming weeks. Also... Several teacher strikes have dominated the headlines recently, the most prominent one being the Chicago Public Schools. Now, this strike affects over 350,000 students and about 35,000 workers. As of now, the major sticking points still involve teacher prep time and funding to make sure there's a nurse and a social worker in every school and to decrease class sizes. And now, as of Thursday afternoon, when I'm recording this right now, the strike is officially over and classes will be back in session tomorrow on Friday. And another strike took place this week from elementary teachers in Mendota. If you don't know, Mendota is about 45 minutes southwest of where I'm sitting here in DeKalb. It's in LaSalle County and has just over 1,000 students and 76 teachers across three schools. Negotiations did get a little heated. The union even filed two unfair labor practices against the school district with the Illinois Education Labor Relations Board, accusing the board of regressive bargaining and chilling union activities. But they were able to eventually come to an agreement and get back in school this week. Walking through the back of the Byers Brewing Company, it is a laboratory of tall silver vessels and containers. Everything's made 
right here. Um, we've got, this is called the brew house. Steve is running around trying to make sure everything goes smoothly while a worker measures out the barley for the recipe and he tries to talk me through the process. Uh, we have a two vessel brew house where we have a mash tun over here so all the grains that we're measuring out right now are going to go in the mash tun um, at about 150, 155 degrees. From then they rinse, boil, add hops, chill until they can finally ferment. And that could take between two and four weeks. But the process for tonight, including all the cleaning they have to do, takes about eight hours. And as Steve says, there can be a lot of waiting around. It's a lot of sitting and watching a pot boil. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what one of the draws of home brewing is that sitting in the garage, sitting watching a pot boil is a good time to drink a lot of beer um, <laughs> and hang out. So yeah. there's not always something that needs to be done. Um, there's always something that can be done. You can be getting things ready for the next step. But during a quick 10-minute break during brewing, I pulled Steve away to talk to him about his company, the balance of owning a small business, teaching full-time, oh, and he has a new baby. Here's my conversation with brewmaster Steve Byers. During the day, I'm a biology teacher at DeKalb High School. Not a chemistry teacher. Not a chemistry teacher, no I'm so, so I'm so sorry that I went to that joke so quickly. I just, <laughs> it was right in front of me. I couldn't help myself. That's fine. <laughs> But you guys just had your grand opening this weekend, right? We did. Saturday was our grand opening. We had uh, a really good turnout. Lots of people came out, and uh, we were busy, too busy. We couldn't keep up, uh, but that's a good problem to have. Now, I also saw there was some sort of beard thing that went on, because, I mean, this is an audio program, so it's a little bit difficult to, <laughs> to pick up, but yeah. you have just a, a glorious mane yes. right there. You had some kind of, was there a beard aspect to the, to the yeah. grand opening? Tell me about this, what is this? We have, so it kind of started with our, our t-shirt design, our first design, I came up with the idea of like, respect the beard, but to spell beard, B-E-E-R apostrophe D, like beer, D. And uh, so we thought for the grand opening, it'd be a lot of fun to do a beard competition. So we did a beard competition. We had, how many people do we have for the beard? 12 people enter the beard competition and they, it's fine right there. 12 beards enter, one beard leaves. 12 beards entered, one beard was uh, the champion. Yeah, we did it on audience vote. So the audience got to vote on which beard was the best. I believe they had to strike a few poses with their beards. And uh, the winner took home some beard maintenance stuff, a t-shirt, a mug, I think. and. Of course, bragging rights that their beard Naturally. was the best. Naturally. And you were not allowed to be in this competition? I was not in you? the competition. It wasn't official that I wasn't allowed, but you I... You gotta just make it fair. I was busy, so... For other people, right? I was busy working, yeah, this weekend. So you're in the... During the daytime, mm -hmm. you are a science teacher. Yeah. At Huntley, right? I was at Huntley Middle School, and then this year I took a new position at DeKalb High School. Okay. So I was doing sixth grade science, which was like earth and space science and then decided that, you know, with a new business and a little baby that I might as well mix it up some more and move to the high school. Oh yeah, you weren't busy enough. No, just had too much free time on my hands. You know, idle hands, they, they can be a problem, so. Oh, of course, of course. So you've yeah. moved and now you're, you're at the high school. Mm -hmm. What's it been like? I know it hasn't been that far, but what's it been like transferring from the, the middle school kids to the high school kids? Is it more the same than you expected or is it more different than you expected? It's a little bit of both. The, the staff that I work with at the high school has been phenomenal, which has been great because they've been really supportive and they know that I'm a little busy from time to time. So they've helped out a lot. And the, the kids are, they're amazing. I mean, it's nice now working with more mature kids who take a lot more responsibility than the 11 and 12 year olds that I was working with took. 
um, so I can give I can give them more freedom if they finish an assignment in class or something and there's extra time they're a lot better at uh, using their time wisely than sixth graders would uh, tend to goof around and took a little bit more management at that level so I think it's been a good change I really like the change that I made and I like working with high school kids it's just different you know they're driving the yeah. kids I work with now are driving, whereas the, the kids I worked with before were... Hopefully not driving. Far away from driving. <laughs> driving wasn't even something they thought about. It's biology, though, that yep. for the high school level? Yep. See, I was, I was going to ask the chemistry. Does the brewing come... Do they ask you about it? Are they all, like, aware of it, though, the company? They're not entirely aware of it. Some are aware of it, but just recently. Yeah. Like, last week, they were... They kept asking me, and I just wouldn't reply with, I don't know what you're talking about, and then kind of came to a head and I said what do you want from me and they said just admit it that you own a brewing company and I said okay I own a brewing company that was it that was it and then it was off and then today I actually pulled up some of the articles that we were in and kind of poked fun at them for not reading the news that had a picture of me and and lots of them were in here with their parents you know come in and especially when we had a couple high school kids doing music uh, their friends came in to see them and so we've had a lot of kids we do have coke products so they can you know have a sprite or whatever. They grab some vanilla coke, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Floats your boat. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's that was what I was thinking. I was like, God, I hope he's a chemistry teacher. Then you could you could rope in the brewing process somehow into the lesson plan. There's a lot of bio in, that's, in brewing too. I mean, they're they're yeast that we have to maintain. They got to keep them alive. Got to keep them happy. Feed them good stuff to eat to make alcohol with so so there you go down the road eventually got to mix yeah. that into the curriculum a little bit and chemistry's always been my second favorite oh really science yeah so i've got a lot of biology and a lot of chemistry background well first of all how long have you been a teacher just in general this is my sixth year teaching your sixth year yep, all okay. of them here in decal are you from the decal area or yeah i grew up out kind of by shabna seven miles outside of Shabna, but when it's a cornfield, Shabna was the closest town. Yeah, no, I'm from Sandwich, so I, yeah. I completely understand. My backyard is a cornfield, still is to this day, yeah. so I get it. <laughs> and then uh, after middle school, my I actually moved in with my father up in uh, Sycamore, so I graduated from Sycamore High School. Uh, that's where Megan and I met. Our, we were in my first class at Sycamore High School. It was actually biology, and Megan was also in that class, so that was where we met. Was Megan is your wife. Class. Yep. Megan that's exciting. Wife. And is she also a science person? Yeah, she's a medical lab scientist at Delnor Hospital. So she works in the lab testing, like, all kinds of stuff. What an idiot I sound like just thinking, is she a science person? (laughs) Because I thought I saw on on the website that you guys started brewing together. Is this this correct? Yeah, we started brewing together at Illinois State University in our kitchen just on the stovetop. Really? And what was the impetus behind this? What, What drove you to do it? We really liked craft beer, but we're broke college kids, so... We could make it for cheaper than we could buy it. And uh, there were just beers that we couldn't find anymore that we really liked. So we decided to try and make those beers. Was there anything specific, specifically that you can remember that got discontinued that you really liked that then you tried to replicate? or what? Yeah, the big one that we liked was a beer called Mothership from New Belgium Brewery. It was a unfiltered wit beer that they made for six months or so and then discontinued. Um, and they've since made it, I think in 2013 or so, somewhere around there, they made it again for a little little short amount of time. And that was the one that we wanted. And now yours is better. I don't know that it's better. I hope it's, I hope it's as good. 
I, well, I haven't had the mothership in a few years, so that's it's hard true. to compare it. But, but you feel like you had an advantage at that point being, you know, a science student having yeah. that knowledge? Yeah, and that was kind of why I went into biology and chemistry was because I was brewing when I was just starting at Illinois State University. So I rearranged my classes so I could take classes where I could use yeast as like a a live experiment when I was doing experiments in class and, and kind of guide it towards brewing. So brewing has always been something that you've been wanting to do? Pretty much, yeah. Really? Ever, ever since uh, since 2010, since that first batch on my stovetop, yeah. And, what was, and the first batch was trying to replicate that mothership one, or do you remember what it was? I do believe it was trying to replicate that mothership. It was a long time ago, but I think it was, yeah. So it's been almost 10 years then, right? Yeah, almost 10 years. Oh my gosh. It's been a busy 10 years. Three kids, you know, new job, college degree. So my brain's a little fuzzy on whether or not it was, but I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's like, I mean, for, we'll cue in the listeners here. It's, you know, a little past 3.30 in the afternoon right now on a Monday. You just came, I assume, yep. right from school. Yeah. How late are you going to be here tonight? The last time I brewed after school, I got out of here at a little after 11 o'clock. The time before that... That time I didn't have to do as much cleaning. Today I have to do a lot of cleaning, so I will probably get out of here around midnight. So you are just exhausted then, Steve. Yeah, I don't sleep a lot. But it's uh, worth it. Yeah, it's That's really enjoyable, and it's, I get to follow what I want to do, and I talk to kids about that all day, every day, and I feel like it would be hypocritical if I didn't do the same. Exactly. So. And your wife's still a big part of, of the process and everything? Yeah, since we started having kids, somebody kind of had to take a step back from brewing. Someone has to raise the children, as they S- say. Somebody yeah. has to raise the children <laughs> and keep them away from the hot, uh, boiling wort and whatnot. Uh, sure. So she's been kind of the one in charge of the children while I make beer. and uh, But she's very involved with, with it as much as she can be. Does Megan still, you know, get her hands dirty in the brewing process? Does she still? She hasn't a lot yet, um, but it's definitely something I think she wants to get back into. But our little 10-month-old is uh, somebody still has to do <laughs> be with her. So the 6- and the 4-year-old can kind of play on their own, but the 10-month-old is in need of somebody pretty much all the time. Yeah. What do you gravitate towards? I'm, I like my stouts. I like stouts and dark beers, and I always have. I probably, I was telling somebody the other day, I probably made more stouts than any other, all the other beers combined because I've just always wanted stouts, and I, I love stouts, and they're delicious. I've done a couple uh, bourbon barrel stouts that have turned out really well. Planning on starting that up next year so that around this time next year we can be releasing some bourbon barrel stouts. Probably helps the, the beard grow into those dark yeah. beers, right? Yeah, they warm me up on a nice cold day, you know? Okay. Yeah, there you go. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, cool. All right, that's this week's show. Thank you guys for coming back for another episode of Teacher's Lounge. As always, we want to remind people to nominate a teacher in their life to be on the show. Maybe someone like Steve Byers, who was on this week's show. Thank you so much, Steve, for taking the time to talk with me and inviting me into the brewery. Or we also want to encourage people to send in their topic suggestions for what we should cover on the show. For all of that, send us an email at teacherslounge at niu.edu. And on whatever platform or app that you use to listen to Teacher's Lounge, it would mean a lot to us if you left a review, left a rating, even if it's not five stars, but that'd be really cool if it was. As always, we want to give a special thanks to the band Kind Ofs for the music that you heard in the show. Kind Ofs is spelled K-I-N-D-O-V-E-S. They have more music on their SoundCloud page and an appearance on WNIJ's own Sessions from Studio A. All right, I have been your host, Peter Medlin, and I am out of here for now. We'll be back soon with another episode of Teacher's Lounge. Have a great week.